I, I've talked to most of you that are here uh, at some level, um, but I always say this anyway. Regardless of your background or your belief, this is a place you can belong before you believe. Some of you need to hear that because maybe you aren't uh, a Christian, but some of you need to hear that because you've never been given permission to wrestle with the things of faith. Uh, you've just been told you need to believe this, okay? So I want you to know that. Um, and as always, pull any of us aside, including me. Uh, we'll have coffee. Uh, we can have lunch, breakfast, whatever. Uh, Ryan's in the back. Ryan's one of our uh, pastors. Seth is in the back. Uh, Seth has been uh, a pastor at our church. And we have other leaders and Will right there. Incredible uh, guy. He's been through a lot of life. And I just named a bunch of dudes. We also have females uh, as well. So ladies, it's not just like, hey, hey, let's, you know, uh, that's creepy. So um, we also have females as well. But we also aren't like, like if one of you's like, hey, Steve, can I talk to you? I'm not like, no, okay? I'll totally meet with you, have coffee, whatever, okay? Uh, so if you have questions, feel free to ask us about anything, okay? So what I wanna talk about tonight, I wanna shut this thing down. And this, what I'm gonna talk to you about, I believe uh, is one of the most important things that I could talk to you about, if not the most important. Um, and, 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 and I believe this is important for all of us regardless of what you believe. The, the process that you go through to arriving at a decision when it comes to truth, what you're going to believe, what you're going to follow, what you're going to do, that is absolutely critical, and it affects every area of your life. Okay? And uh, for most of us, what, what I find is there's never been an established process. There just hasn't been. Um, and, and, and so, like I said, the principles that I'm going to give you tonight, they are going to be helpful for you regardless of your background. Um, but I want to walk through really quick. I want to build us back up to where we're at tonight. So I've talked about what? I've talked about identifying your history. Right, where you were raised, the environment you were raised in, uh, the things that, that essentially you were told you needed to believe, uh, the things that you heard growing up that this is truth, this is not truth, um, you know, the, the biases that you have that you've formed, uh, that have been formed in you. Uh, maybe it's where you grew up around the country, even, um, or just your family and the way your family views the world. Okay, maybe how your family views um, God. And so what we were identifying and just kind of pulling out of each and every one of us is that we all have biases, every single one of us. We all have things that we find ourselves wanting to believe, and there's things that we have in our lives or that we hear about or we read about, and we're, we find ourselves actually not wanting to believe it regardless of whether it's true or not, right? So we all have that in us. Um, and so, and so we, we, we talked about that. We talked about how uh, the Bible claims to be the source of truth, okay? Um, and, and I, two weeks ago, made the kind of unpacked why the Bible is reliable, uh, why it's trustworthy, how it's proven true, it's timeless, how history has proven it. They continue to dig things up that validate the stories, that validate the message. Um, outside historians, not just Christians, uh, would speak and write about what was going on in those times. And so uh, there's a lot that points to it being true. I believe it's true, and I made the case for you uh, to believe that as well. And then last week, 
Um, Seth, kind of in the part one of the part two finale, Seth uh, unpacked for you, and I know what he unpacked because I listened to it last night. He set a new record at Ecclesia for a college teaching. He did the whole thing in 20 minutes. Now, guys, I'm just warming up at 20 minutes. So, so uh, if you thought there's a new trend coming, sorry. But it was impressive nonetheless. He beat Ryan's record. Ryan, what was your record? 22 minutes. I didn't think that would be touched, but, uh, but Seth said, no, here I am, okay? And, uh, but what Seth talked about uh, in the part one is he shared with you, and I loved how he shared with you verses on how that, that helped you understand that if you're a Jesus follower, you need to, to rely on his word. And what Seth was sharing with you is how he's relied on God's word, right? He's relied on how there is a truth and how he's had to rely on God's word uh, in order to walk through and navigate through uh, life. And like I said, if you're a Jesus follower, that is huge. But what, and this is what I want to unpack tonight. But what does it look like in our current culture when it comes to things that are happening now that weren't happening then? Or things that look just so different now than they did then, right? Like, like even when you think about technology, right? Um, and you think about like, what does it look like, um, you know, to follow Jesus with technology, well, in Psalms, it says, right? Isn't that tough, though? Is that not a, a good example of like, well, what do, where, what, what do I do with technology, right? This wasn't something that, that Paul's like in a prison and he starts writing about the dangers of the iPhone, right? Like, like it's not there, right? He's not, he's not sitting there going, hey, and when social media comes, this is how you respond to it. Okay, uh, like, like we don't have that, right? There's a lot of things in there that, that we don't have, and, and even like the cultural setting, right? When it comes to school, okay? I was just sharing with one of you before here how my wife and I um, now, and it is so hard as a parent. I have so much grace for parents. Uh, when it comes to how you're going to school your kids, that is so tough, and you should be very gracious towards your parents, even if you don't like it. That is so tough. We are probably every month rethinking and analyzing the choices we're making with our kids in school. Now, why? Well, because we don't just have this clear verse. We're told we're to disciple our kids, how we raise them and all of that. But then what does that look like with schooling, right? And for those of you, you're asking, you ask that question before college, uh, you had opportunities, you had options. For some of you, do I go to college even? Do I not? Some of you are, some of you haven't, right? But there's all these decisions um, that deal with today, right? In the cultural setting uh, today. You, you look at even in the last two years, how that's amped up to a degree that we're like, oh my goodness, when it comes to gender, when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to um, a vaccine, uh, when it comes to politics, right? All of these 
these uh, things that are just snowballing at a rapid pace, and 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 you you've been told, you've heard, hey, I need to I need to if I'm a Jesus follower, I need to look at this book, I need to read this book, I need to make decisions in alignment with this book. But how in the world do I do that when it doesn't specifically address that? Is that the elephant in the room, right? When it comes to this. It's okay. You can nod. There's only five of you. Just be, please, be responsive. Okay. Right? That's what's tough. That is what's tough. That's why I said my wife and I uh, are continually having this conversation about our kids' school. Is because it's not a simple solution. And that's what's really hard. If there was a verse that told me what to do, do you think we would do it? Like if it just was like, hey, Steve, in this situation, this is what you do. We'd be like, great. But, that, but that, that's where it, it becomes really difficult for us in making decisions, right? Uh, what do I do when the Bible doesn't specifically address that specific issue? What do I do with that? Or if it's a new issue, uh, what do I do when there's competing ideas that both make sense and both could be God's will? Oh, right? It's really easy when wrong is clear and right is clear. Those are the easy decisions, right? It's like, okay, I know that's good and I know that's bad. I'm going to do this, okay? That's clear. Um, and, and, and so those decisions are easy, but how do you make a decision um, and establish truth when both decisions could be good, both decisions could be God, right? Um, like, like when you think about um, getting into a relationship with somebody else, right? That could be very good. It also could be what? Very bad. When you think about a job, some of you have taken a job or you've wrestled with taking a job, and it could be what? It could be very good. It could be very bad. You think about the major that you've chosen to go into or the career that you believe you're called to, and you could have assumptions and thoughts as to what that's going to look like and then find out that what? It wasn't any of those things. And so it could be, it could be either. So what I want to do is unpack a process for you. And this process has worked for me. It's worked. And I believe it would work for you. And so I'm going to share that with you. That's what I just felt like I needed to share, is I, is I literally th- thought about what has been the process for my life as I've tried to follow Jesus with culture rapidly changing, with even being a pastor and that changing what it means now versus even what it meant two years ago as far as what it looked like leading a church, um, you know, being a husband, being a father, um, and then just trying to navigate through the things that you guys are navigating through as well. And so I've, I've, I've developed this process, and uh, um, I don't believe it's mine. I believe this is a, a process that honors God. And so I want to walk with you through it. But the first thing I want to encourage you uh, with is this, because whenever we talk about this, I think uh, there's some fear uh, when it comes to decisions or, or seeking out truth. I shared this verse on Sunday. If you were there Sunday, if you weren't, that's okay. There's still grace for you, but a um, little bit. But I shared this verse, and, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. And this verse just gives me such encouragement and peace. It, if you're a Jesus follower, he says this, For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? 
But then he says, but we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. So what I, what I want to encourage you with is, as we talk about this process to making decisions, when it comes to truth and establishing that and what you need to do, you have been given, if you're a Jesus follower, the mind of Christ. Okay? Uh, in fact, what I unpacked Sunday was that literally uh, Jesus has invited you into this relationship where he wants to share with you the words and the will of the Father, which is incredible. And so what, uh, what you need to know tonight is he's not trying to leave you high and dry with whatever you're wrestling with. He's going to help you make your decision. He's going to help you with it. But what I find is with us, with, with even with myself, is that we typically try to uh, shortcut the decision, don't we? Why? Because we don't want to wait. That's number one. We do not want to wait. Okay, we are, we are ob- obsessively out of control as a culture with refusing to wait for anything. Okay, just think of Wi-Fi. You are so critical of Wi-Fi, aren't you? And your phone. And you're just like, this is ridiculous. You'll be sitting at a restaurant where you should be talking to somebody, and you're looking at your phone going, I can't believe it's this slow. This is ridiculous. Because you're consumed with getting whatever you want right now. So we don't want to wait. So that's one reason we bypass the process. The second is this. We don't actually want to do what he wants us to do. Right? That's the other thing we do. Deep down, we don't want to hear what he actually has to say because deep down we know it's not in alignment with what we want to hear. So those are the two things working against us, okay? So um, let's talk about the process, okay? Here's the first thing, okay? If you have notes, if you have notes, you don't have any notes, okay? Only I do. But if you have something to write with, to type with, I will get those out, get that out right now. This is, this is important for you, okay? Here's the first thing when it comes to the process in making uh, a decision and wrestling through what is truth. You have to first make sure you're in a right place mentally and emotionally. I cannot stress that enough. That is absolutely huge. Nobody takes that into account, okay? We don't. We do what? We react. We make big decisions out of uh, a reaction. So many people make decisions when they're exhausted, right? I'm exhausted, so I need to do this. And you make a big decision in that moment. Some of you are stressed. What do you do? I'm stressed out. I need to make changes. And so you make this huge uh, decision with your life while you're stressed. Some of you are angry. Oh, last two years, everybody. You're angry. So what do you do? You're making a decision while you're angry. Um, for, for, For some of you, you're feeling rushed. Okay, you're hurried, and you're like, I have to make a decision, and so, and it's you pushing it, and so you make a decision out of being rushed. Uh, for some of you, you are literally just making a decision because you are just reacting. You are just 100% reacting to something, uh, and so you feel like, I have to react, so I am going to, they push me this way, I'm going to react in that way. And the, and the thing, the, the reason why it's so important to make sure you're in a healthy place mentally and emotionally is because your emotions, your anger, uh, your, your, your stress, um, your exhaustion, uh, your feeling hurried, all of those things can work against you to making a good decision. All of those things. Okay? Um, and, and, and so uh, I'll never forget, one of the, one of the 
one of the big decisions in my life, uh, when I was at, uh, I was a pastor uh, at a really large church down in San Diego, and my boss, um, he, who I was really close with, he was fired, okay? I know, pastors get fired. It's nuts. Um, and he was fired. I was very angry. I was very angry. I thought it was unfair. I thought it was not of God. He, and I was, I was so angry. In fact, I went home and I told my wife, I said, we're done. I'm out. And, and, and you know what? My wife was angry because we were really close with them. And you know what she was like? Yeah. Right? Let's do this thing. You know, we were both mad. We were both angry. We were both upset. And, 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 and I remember we were sitting there that night and we're just talking about how mad we are and upset we are about that. Um, and, and what we do now. And one of the things, and I'm so thankful, and this changed the course of how we made decisions together. What we did is over that evening, the hours that we sat there in that anger, is we worked through the anger and we saw in each other that it was affecting us and that was affecting our ability to actually make a decision that honored God in this. And so what we decided to do uh, was, one, not deny that we were angry, because that's not what I'm saying to do, but we realized that we didn't want to make a huge decision with our life out of that anger. And so what we decided to do is we said, listen, we're, we're not in a healthy spot right now. We're angry. So what do we need to do to make a good decision in this? So we decided to fast for a month. And we, and we literally just set everything aside, and we went on a month-long fast together. And that, that fast was absolutely huge for us. And when I talk about fasting, fasting is, is eliminating things in your life in order for you to clearly hear from God. And it will change your life if you start that practice, that spiritual discipline. And we went on this month-long fast. And over that month-long fast, God softened our heart and he reaffirmed to me and to my wife, you guys aren't going anywhere. This is where I want you. And it wasn't this is going to be easy. It wasn't even this is what you want. But it was very clear from God, you need to stay. And you know what? It was so clear a year after that, that we were supposed to be there. And we, we were able to identify that these emotions, as valid as they may feel, right? As valid as we may feel, they were not leading us in the way that God wanted us to go. So that's huge. You have to identify uh, that in your life. And here's the other thing. If you are a Christian, you have to ask this question when we think about where you're at from an emotional and mental state. You have to ask, is there sin in your life? Do not negate that in the process. If you are a Jesus follower, you cannot do that. Here is why. What does sin do? Makes God mad at me. No. Well, yeah. But ultimately, here is the greatest danger to sin. Sin creates separation between you and God. Sin gets in the way of you being able to clearly hear him. And it gets in the way of your ability to not only hear, but to respond to him. 
So that's ultimately, when I talk about the danger of sin, sin, uh, like nothing else, sin will get in the way and hinder your ability to hear directly from God. And so if you're sitting there trying to make a decision, and it's a tough one, and, and it's, it's a hot-button issue, and, and, and you're like, man, it could be here, it could be here, you better first look inward and go, am I actually walking with him? Because if you're not walking with him, it's like literally, you're like me, like uh, my wife and I, before we had kids, we used to go on walks together at night. And, and, it, and it, it, I always use this example. It would be like me literally like walking with her and all of a sudden looking at her and going, ha-ha, and running off. And like, that was so weird. I don't know why I did that. But I've never done that in my life. Uh, but, but it would literally be like me running off and she's way back there and then me still trying to have a conversation with her. That would be so dumb, right? And it would look weird. People be like, why is he talking to himself? Because she's so far away. But you guys, sin creates distance between you and God, and, and you think it's no big deal. And you're like, oh, I can make this decision. I'm going to pray to him. But he's so distant from you, you can't hear him. You don't even know what he's saying because you're not right with him. So you have to get things right with him uh, as you make, before you make this decision because that's going to hinder your ability to hear uh, truth. And if you're not being influenced by him, who are you being influenced by? There is no gray. Um, so uh, the next thing is you always have to ask, and we, we talked about this the first week, what is it that is influencing my decision? What is influencing your decision? Is it a person? Uh, is it a political party? Uh, is it a, a particular agenda? What is influencing it? Um, and the reason I bring that up is because there is a word called temptation. <laughs> the enemy wants to tempt you into a certain direction and into a certain decision. So if you're desiring to live, as what Seth talked about last week, following God's word, you need to know that there is an enemy that is actively working against you doing that. Okay? And not only is he actively working against it, but he's actively working at deceiving you into falling into a trap. And, and, it may, and it's so, it's, he's so good at being deceptive that, that literally you'll see other Christians doing it and you'll go, well, they're doing it, so I should do it. That's how sneaky he is. And so you've got to uh, identify uh, those things. What's influencing you to do this? Here's what's next. This is the next big one. You must study and get all the information you can about the decision you're trying to make. Okay, now, what do I mean by this? Uh, well, I, I talked, I think, the first week about how God invites us into thinking critically about his word and his will, right? So um, when, you, when you think about what does it look like to make a, a decision and identify truth when there's different competing agendas and truth could be multiple things, is you have to get as much information you can from multiple sources who are respected experts, okay? Now, who am I not talking about? I'm not talking about most of social media accounts. I'm not talking about most of the things that have probably been shared with you. Hey, you should listen to this. You should see this. No, this is an expert. Where are they an expert at? Their basement. But it sounds good. Right? I shared with you how I stated this, this, this fact or this um, statistic to my wife. And she's like, where'd you get that? And I'm like, I don't know. Right? But it sounded good. So I liked it. So I shared it with her. And so we have to, one, 
get, the, get a lot of information, get multiple sources, and make sure your sources are respected experts in those fields. Um, and then you need to also study your sources. Study your sources. You need to do research. And here's what's so great, guys. There are tools to help you with that. There literally are tools to help you with that. There are experts that are out there that you can reach out to. There are tools uh, literally that are out there that will help you identify the biases in, even when you talk about news, there's actually a ranking system for news agencies that tells you the biases of those, and they actually rank them as to who's the most unbiased and biased. And, and so there's, there's things out there to help you. We don't want it, though. But, but that will help you study well, research well, and listen to experts that can help you um, make those important decisions. Now, here's what you also have to ask when you do your research. Is the source you're going to, is it a biased source? Okay? Now, if it is a biased source... Here's your challenge. Don't pretend it's not. Okay? Listen, I listen to biased sources all the time. I do. And, and, and I try to. You know why? Because just because they're biased doesn't mean they're wrong. Okay? I want to be really clear on that. Just because someone is biased in a certain way, it doesn't mean they're wrong, and it doesn't mean that there's some truth in what they're saying. So, but where we get in trouble is we listen to something that is biased, and we pretend it's not biased. That's where we get in trouble. Okay, so when I study and come to a conclusion on a decision, I always try to look at biases uh, that, that are that are literally promoting this, and I try to look at biases that are promoting that. Okay, and if you come into my office and meet with me and you look at my wall, there's going to be a bunch of books, and you know what you're going to see? You're not going to see a whole bunch of books uh, based upon authors that view the world the same way. You're going to see different ones that have interpreted Scripture differently on different issues. Why? Because I think that is so important to understand where the different people are coming from when they're presenting what they say you should believe. Okay? The danger comes when you stop saying that's a bias and you pretend it's not. Okay, so when I read material, when I do research, I go, okay, this is their agenda. So I know that. They're going to try to convince me uh, to, to believe this. That doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to it or read it. I just need to know that's their agenda, right? Any documentary you watch, just let me, like, pull the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the fake mirror out of it. There's always an agenda with every documentary you're gonna watch, okay? There just is. Whether you go, oh, I don't think so. There are, there is. There's always an agenda, okay? There's always a bias. And so every time my wife and I watch a documentary, in fact, it annoys her, I go, well, this is their point of view, honey. And she's like, but it is. And, and that's a very good thing that you have to always identify and know. And so you don't pretend it's not. You just got to make sure you balance the information you're getting. Okay? Because you can, you can get so stuck in such a vacuum that you're not hearing anything from the other side. Um, and, and that takes you down uh, this road. And, and you want to make sure you have balance. And like I said, I do this with the major decisions I have in my life. I walk through the pros, the cons. What do experts say? And if there's experts that are saying multiple things, I do more research. Okay? I don't just land. Um, and, and here's the other thing that 
that that does. It gives you grace for people that believe differently than you, that come to a different conclusion. That gives you grace for them. Here's the other thing that happens as well. A lot of the truths that you're going to take away are going, and, and the decisions you're going to make are, come from, are going to come from bits and pieces from multiple sources. Okay, so it's not always going to, the, the decision you make is not always going to come from one voice or one agenda. A lot of times it's going to be, man, I heard that. That was really good. I believe God was speaking in that. I tested that. Um, I believe that. And man, this was really good here. And maybe it wasn't the same, but man, I feel like they align in this and God is in this and how he's brought these two together. And I believe this is God speaking uh, and how we need to make a decision here. That happens. Okay, um, and, and, and so going through this process, one, it gives you greater confidence. It gives you grace towards others. Um, and, and when you have to make a decision, you feel like you're well prepared, right? Have you ever turned in homework and you go, I, this is awful. And you just turned it in. You're like, I finished it. It's not good. I know it's not good, but I finished it, right? Versus going, man, I've been working on this for weeks. And you literally go to turn it in and you're like, and they're like, give me the paper. And you're like, it's good, right? You want them to know how much time. And you're confident. You can't wait to see your test result or your score on the homework versus if you just turn it in and you're like, I finished. You're like, I don't even want to know what it is. Just don't even want to know. But I did it, okay? And, and so that's how you feel about decisions as well. Um, the next thing you have to do is you have to get wise counsel and if you're a Jesus follower, you have to get wise counsel from people who love Jesus and people that help you think. Okay? There's a lot of people that want to do your thinking for you. Okay? And they're going to do that in the name of Jesus. You're going to look up to certain people. You're going to go, man, they, spiritually, they seem to be here. And you're going to go up to them. And you need to know that a lot of times people will use that um, leverage or spiritual authority you give them, and they will abuse it. And they will say, well, you need to do that. You need to look to people who are going to help you not follow them, but help you follow Jesus, people that have nothing to gain from the decision you make, and ultimately people that help you think for yourself. Okay, I have had so many people walk out of my office disappointed because I didn't give them the answer. I didn't tell them. Like, I've literally had people, will you just tell me what to do here? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Okay, I'm not. I'm not. I'm going to tell you what God's word says, but then you need to go to God with this. And you need to arrive at your own decision. Because the worst thing that can happen for you is you go and make a decision and they go, well, why'd you make that decision? Well, Steve told me to. Right? Okay. Well, great. Guess who's not in that decision anymore? I... Well, I'm living my own life. You're the one that's stuck with the consequences of that decision, right? So you need people in your life that are going to help point you to God with the decision, and they're going to help you actually and equip you to think for yourself. And they're going to they're ask more questions than they are going to give you answers, and that's going to be huge. You need to find those people. You need to put those people in your life. These people are so important for uh, you. And here's what's also important. These people point you to scripture. They point you to God's word. And I want to say this because this is important. You may not know that person right now. And that's okay. Um, my wife and I, I was a youth pastor uh, in Washington, and we thought for sure that I was going to go to a certain uh, seminary. And I had already signed up. Uh, we had already bought plane tickets to Dallas. We were 
I mean, we were going to go. We were doing the tour. That was kind of just a formality. We're going to figure out housing uh, and all that. We were very convinced. And there I am at this youth workers conference, and this guy who was kind of the guy in youth ministry at that time, he's there. Him and his wife are doing this session together. And I look at Lindsay, and I go, well, they're right there. Let's Let's just tell them what we're doing, what we, why we're doing it. Let's just get their feedback on it. And we walked up to them, right? Because we knew we wanted to hear from who? We wanted to hear from godly people who were experts, who would point us to God. And we believed they would do that. So we walked up to them. And guess what? Man, they just challenged us. And we didn't know them at all before that conversation. And he literally goes, well, why are you doing that? And I went, what do you mean, why? Because of God. And he started like just grilling me. And I'm like, ah, I read your book, man. What's wrong with you? I like you better in your book. Um, and, and you know what? Lindsay and I walked away from that conversation. We didn't go to Dallas. We didn't go to Dallas. 40 minutes ago, we didn't even know them other than we knew of them. 40 minutes later, God's like, you're not going to Dallas. We knew. He spoke through them. Those people spoke truth into us, challenged us, caused us to think about things, and it, made, and it helped us make a huge decision. You need those people. Next, you then need to go to, and this is what Seth was alluding to last week, you need to go to Scripture with the decision. If you're a Jesus follower, you must go to Scripture, and here's what you have to guard against. You are not called to just go to particular verses that speak to you, but you need to get the contextual um, understanding from God's word, okay? So you need to study uh, it, not just, a, not just a verse that you think that you like that helps reinforce your decision, but you actually need to get the full counsel of God in that. And remember, he invites you to think critically in 2 Timothy 2.15. He says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of God. So do your best to be approved, to study, he says in another translation, to show yourself approved unto God as a worker, accurately handling his word. So he invites you into thinking critically, into a greater understanding of the Bible. Um, he tells us we need to do that. He also says this in 1 John 4, 1. He says, beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So we are called to test the spirits. Okay, we're called to test the things that we go, oh, this is God. You need to test that. Now, what do you test it against? You're like, I don't know, that's why I'm here. What do you test it against? How do you test the spirit? How do you test that? Ah! You test it against God's word. That's what you test it against. Now, why do we test the spirits against God's uh, word? And whenever I say God's word, it's God's word of the life of Jesus. Now, why do I say do that? Because um, we have to ask this question. In 2 Timothy 2.13, he says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Okay? We always love that verse. We quote it. But the next part's really cool. He says, For he cannot deny himself. For he cannot deny himself. The reason you take that and you test it according to uh, Scripture um, is because if it doesn't align with Scripture but contradicts Scripture, it's not his will. Because why? He says he will never deny himself. He cannot deny himself. He will never ask you to do something that opposes Scripture. 
So why do you need to grow in your understanding? Um, like I said, it may not specifically speak to technology and, and 5G in here and iPods and iPods. Are those still, oh my gosh, awful. Okay, all these things, right? It, it may not speak to the current political climate. It may not speak to different things that, that are trending right now. It may not speak directly to them, but in this, you can actually learn enough through Scripture to go, does this, does this align with it or does this compete and contradict it? And that's what you test it with. Okay, so that's really, really uh, important because he's never going to deny who he is. He's never going to deny his nature. Uh, he cannot do that. So if anybody says you should do this and it conflicts with God's word, don't do it. I can just tell you right now that's not the decision you need to make. Okay? Next thing. Then you pray about it. Then you pray about it. Maybe you fast. And you invite others to pray for you as well. Not for gossip, okay? Like if you've got this very personal decision, I'm not saying you raise your hand right now and say, hey, we just have everybody pray over me right now. Like this is the decision. It's really personal. I don't want anyone to know. Well, everybody knows now. Um, I'm saying you find people that, that you really respect, that are prayer warriors, and you bring them into your life. And you, at, Lindsay and I have made a habit of this. There's certain people every time when there's a big decision uh, that we need to make that we go to. And we invite them into that decision. We say, we just, we, ma'am, uh, we respect you so much. We know that you prioritize prayer and your relationship with God. Will you pray for us? Will you join us in praying over this decision? That's huge. So not only are we setting aside time to hear from God, and like I said, fasting is a great way to do that, uh, but we're inviting others to pray for us as well. And then out of that is this. You need to take the time you need. You've got to take the time you need. Don't rush it. Take the time you need to make a good and godly decision. And here is what will come about of this process that I've just told you about. You will either have a clear next step, okay? Sometimes it is crystal clear. In fact, I went on a fast one time and I thought it was gonna be, I don't remember what it was supposed to be. I don't know if it was a month or four. I don't remember what it was. But I remember day five, I stopped the fast. Why? Because God made it clear. Like on day five, he just went, this is what you're supposed to do. And I was like, sweet, fast is done. But I was like, that was the whole purpose, was to pursue him, okay? And so there's certain times at the end of you go through this process that you will have um, a crystal clear next step. There's going to be other times where he's going to call you to take a step of faith out of this process. There's other times he's going to tell you, you need to wait more, Okay? I want to be clear on this because you're going to be like, I went through this process and, and I feel like he wants me to wait. Yeah, that's him. He wants you to wait. There also is a reality that at the end of it, it could be a no. Okay? Those are all the ways he could respond. And I've experienced every single one of those responses in my life and every single one of them were for my greatest good. And so, but, but the, the, the question is, will you go to God with a process in seeking his will? And my belief is that if you've gone through this process, you'll know what to do. And more importantly, most importantly, you'll be at peace with the decision you make. 
okay? And even if that decision costs you something, uh, even, if it's not, even if it's not what everyone else is doing, you're going to experience peace in what he's calling you to do. And I want to end, end with this encouragement, okay? If you're walking with him and pursuing him, he won't let you make the wrong decision, okay? I want you to hear that from me tonight. Maybe that's what you need to hear more than anything tonight is this. If you will walk with him and pursue him, he will not let you make the wrong decision. Why? Because you're going where he's going. The voice in your head is his voice. And whose hand are you holding? His. He will not make, let you make the wrong decision. And here's the thing, too. I was just telling someone this the other day. Uh, they were asking why I'm here. I didn't know how to receive that. But, um, and, and I told them, I said, what's really interesting about my situation is if I had all the information before I decided to take the job and come to Eugene, I would not have taken the job. Isn't that crazy? And, and, and we prayed over it. We, we sought the Lord. We weren't like, oh, God, no, we want to move from San Diego to Eugene because it's so much better. Yeah, right. Man, we were like, God, be clear, please. Do you know what this means? You know, um, it means lots and lots of rain and darkness. Okay? And it is, right? And, and so it wasn't like the, the cool decision, but... We believed in the process we went through, and, and, and we moved here, right? And obviously, we're here. And if I had known all the information then, I wouldn't have uh, done it. And, and guess what? Um, that being said, it doesn't mean that we made the wrong decision, does it? Just because when we got here, the information wasn't what we thought it was going to be and what we thought we were getting into wasn't the reality of the situation. You guys, it doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. And I want to be really clear with that because you're really quick to judge God when the decision you made doesn't seem to work out how you wished or how you thought it was supposed to, right? That doesn't mean he was wrong and that you were wrong, okay? Be patient, Allow God to do what he wants to do. And if you're pursuing him, like I said, even if you had to do it all over again, you go, I would have done it differently. If you're walking with him, he will not let you make a wrong decision because he knows what's best for you. He knows what's best for your future. He knows what's best um, for you to experience the fullness of all he has for you. And you can trust him in that. He will not, if you walk with him, he will not let you make the wrong decision. Okay? Okay.